is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon, join my co host, Nick and Dan. And gentlemen, the f- almost final match of preseason is here. Uh, Chelsea have traveled to Udinese, so we're going to do a little match review um, on a Friday evening because why not, Nick? Why Glut- not? Gluttons for punishment, that's why. Why not us? Recording our podcast? Yeah, sure. We are. We definitely will. Um, look, we're going to jump into it. Uh, we're going to do our semi-standardish standard-ish, uh, match review. Um, we're really going to look into it's the last preseason friendly and who impressed. We know there's still the match tomorrow. Um, so take that into account. We'll look at you know what questions do we still have for this match. And we'll look ahead to see who we think might play tomorrow, what impact they'll have. Um, as Timo is pretty much the only one to not make the trip. That's right, Ruben and Conte are back with the team as they're allowed to travel uh, in Europe after missing out in the entire U.S. preseason. So, uh, Dan, before we kick it off, per usual, I think we have some thank yous and some shout-outs to some people out there. Well, just, hey, thanks everybody who joins us on Patreon. We always appreciate that. Uh, go sign up if you haven't. It's a really great way to support the podcast and help us do more amazing things and then have a community to hang out with, as well as leaving five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We really appreciate that and it helps people find the show so if you haven't done it yet or you have a friend or family member whose phone you can borrow for three to five minutes you should do that to leave a five-star review on apple podcasts and on spotify we're yeah. killing it on spotify which is great uh but anyways let's go ahead and jump into the match details it uh it was udinese which we never say for obvious reasons and it was this past friday uh the 29th of july and we're already on our 20th episode which is a bit bananas uh the competition was preseason friendly and it was at the dacia arena i'm assuming it's dacia being italian but i really have no idea uh dacia Come on now. Just, just ask the ESPN commentary team. I'm sure they got it right. Yeah. Yep. They even get like phonetic spell sheets and they can't do it. Uh, in case you missed the scoreline, Chelsea 3, Unetze 1. Uh, goals coming from Angola Kante, obviously, in the 20th minute. Uh, Raheem the Dream Sterling in the 37th. And Mason, future captain Mount, in the 90th minute. So, Dan, run us through the lineup. They got us to this glorious scoreline that will absolve us from all past sins in America. Well, it was Edouard Mendy between the six. As Poqueta, Thiago Silva, and Kaldu Koulibaly is your back three with Reese James, Serginho, and Golo Kante, and Marcus Alonso as your four. And then Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, and Raheem Sterling as the three in attack. Substitutes, uh, there were a few. Harvey Vale, Billy Gilmore, Emerson Palmieri, Kennedy, and Callum hudson Joy all made it off the bench. And, bench and Kepa Aretha Blago was the only one to not get a little run out. Surprise. He'll, he'll play tomorrow. So, uh, Nick, back to a back three for this one. Uh, the back four experiment might be quickly dead and buried after <laughs> how bad it was against Arsenal. Yeah, we, we don't have the personnel for it right now. Uh, so let's not let's not mess around with this heading into the season starting next week. Um, let's let's play with what we know. We do well in this formation. We've won the Champions League in this formation. We've been very competitive and made a bunch of cup finals in this formation so until you get a real number six uh and have solidified your center back pairing that that want to play in this formation in, in the four three three or whatever this is where we're going to go with three four three all day let's roll uh i think dan this might be probably our starting lineup come day one match week one against frank and and the evertonians it feels pretty close 
to what I would anticipate. I think maybe there's a question in midfield. Obviously, Kovacic was kind of undroppable at points last season. He had a later start in terms of getting his fitness back. So, I mean, he's probably contention. Then you have a question probably about Alonzo and Chilwell. Is Chilwell going to be really, really ready and sharp for that first match? But beyond that, I feel like everything else looks about done. Maybe Havertz, you know, is potentially a question mark. Uh, He's, you know, had a, a little bit more kind of a slow start as well. But beyond that, I think this kind of is what it's going to be for Everton with maybe a, just a handful of changes. Turns out Raheem is the one to replace Lukaku if he's going to be through the middle. Same stature, same profile guy. I mean, it makes sense. It's a like-for-like <laughs> like swap, you know? And so I'm just really I'm really pleased that we were able to go get a big hulking number nine up there, no, you know? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's really not because he actually scored a goal um, and uh, got service from his teammates. So really not a like-and-like replacement at all. It also appears that he wants to be here, which I find to be a striking difference than than the previous striker. So, yeah, that's pretty fun. All right. Uh, well, some of the top line stats were uh, Chelsea was 68% possession. Uh, the time wasting from the Udinese goalkeeper on goal kicks started from minutes one, which was great <laughs> to see. Uh, Chelsea peppering the goal with 20 shots, 10 on target to their five shots with three on target. Uh, doubled their passes. Uh, we had 14 fouls there, 10. No cautions interesting uh, no send-offs which is fine uh three offsides to their one and seven corners to their one which again is is probably pretty much how you would have expected this i guess i don't know much about nate um but it definitely seemed like they um had small team mentality right out from the gate which is a good thing for chelsea yeah i mean they're they're just not they're not very good um and so this is just you know it's it's a test right i mean they play Serie A, but they're not they're not ever like mid table, top table of, of Serie A. They're they're kind of a minnow. So, you know, it was it was a good run out for the team. It's you know, I'm glad I'm sure they're glad to be playing in a in a different time zone than being out west in the US and probably not doing two a days right now. But um yeah, I mean it's a it's an Italian team. It's a good tactical matchup for Chelsea, uh for sure. And hopefully got the players a little bit of, of fitness. You know, this was not the let's swap 11s at halftime match. You know, Mason Mount played 90 minutes in this match. So uh, this is final test, final run up to uh, the match at, uh, at Goodison next week. And, you know, I, the team played a lot better than we've seen over the past couple of weeks. That's for damn sure. Seven days, seven days from day, date of recording until the Premier League kicks off and gets going. So <laughs> it's fucking crazy, man. Buckle <laughs> up. Oh, my God. Buckle up. I'm not ready. I'm not the ready. The real question is, did this performance tick all the boxes for Brandon Busby? That's a really great question, Dan. I look forward to Brandon sharing how many boxes it ticked. Not as many as you would have hoped. <laughs> but anyways, we're going to take our ad break. Uh, when we get back, we're going to jump right into uh, late friendly who impressed in this one. Uh, but thank you to the sponsors for financially supporting the show. And I don't like Dan. Here we go. All right. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because, well... It's hard to get a lot of micronutrients in, you know, we're all focused on our macros with protein, carbs, and 
and fat. Now we got to add the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables. It's just hard to eat that many servings a day. So uh, I started doing it just to make my life a lot more efficient. I'm getting better gut health and a more uh, durable resistant immune system. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. Again, I do it. It's easy. It's fast. It's quick. Uh, I throw up my shaker usually on my way home from work, drink it, it, it goes down quickly. Uh, and like I said, you get six servings of vegetables a day very easily. Uh, but hey, don't listen to me. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and it's trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills, supplements to look out for your gut health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to say, give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay. All right. Hostile, Uh, hostile work environment on this podcast. You act like you didn't start it. So, anyways, coming out of the break, ladies and gentlemen, um, we we had the fact that was a late friendly. We have uh, snuck this one in. I think when it was first announced, we're all kind of like, "What the hell are we doing?" That's this is what Chelsea need. We need another friendly in another country with more travel. Like, got it? And I don't know. Like, I don't really understand the reasons behind some of these but you also go why would chelsea the bigger team go to nate say to play why didn't we just tell them to hop in a plane and meet us after the two-week stint in america not really sure why but at least uh it didn't fall apart in shambles and there's actually some people that impressed so um dan i know you're hastily typing away at an extremely long list of of top to bottom players that impressed you yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple, and it looks like the majority of the list that I have overlaps with Nick, so we can uh, maybe kick this back and forth between us. But I think the first one we I would go to was Koulibaly. You know, we've seen limited minutes from him so far. Obviously, he came in later. You know, it wasn't you know arrived in Vegas to grand appeal and applause, but didn't feature until Orlando, and so this is really our second run out with him but made some really really well timed tackles was advancing the ball well had a really good distribution and change of play i think there were a couple opportunities where maybe if uh, one left wing back didn't maybe mess up the chance that there was some really really good movement on the left hand side where he was playing and I think he showed Nick how good of a two-footed player that he is so you know for people who are like oh we need a left-sided center back i mean it just feels like naturally that's where unless there's another reinforcement that's where he's going to play this season yeah I mean I think that's been the the question that a lot of Chelsea fans have had right is just how does he fit in I think he could play any role on the back line I think he could play on the right center or or left some of the he hit a couple of just slightly off 
crossfield diagonals today where I was like, man, once he once he locks those things in, that's a whole different dimension. That's like that Rudiger dimension that he brought last year where we were when we were cooking, our wingbacks were up the field. They were receiving those crossfield balls. We were kind of foregoing the midfield at times and then press making the opposition spread out so that we had more room up up top. And I think that's a that's a kind of a root a ball. But I appreciated the fact that he was at least trying those because I think you if, if you listen to the show, the backwards passing as we get around the box just annoys the absolute shit out of me with this team. This team's too talented to just get to a spot, freak out, turn around, go back around the horn again, and and so on and so forth. A lot of our possession is really wasted in my mind, but I appreciate a ball in behind, and I, I appreciate that from him. He's also just a physical player, and losing Rudiger in that way, Brandon, to me, this is a guy who can step in and do that job and isn't going to be scared of Erling Holland or any of these players in the, in the Premier League. He's just going to go do his job professionally. And then he has Thiago Silva right next to him to, to clean up any messes that might happen. So it's a, it seems to be a pretty good pairing. For sure it does. Um, I think he had a couple of tackles that were actually pretty easy for him. Um, yeah. He also makes them look easy. His timing is really good. His legs are so long that I think like attackers are really going to have to push that ball out there because he's going to be able to hook that ball that, you know, nine times out of 10, the defender wouldn't have been able to get to. Um, so I think it was like good to see him at kind of at full stretch in moments and, and how he handled some things. And, um, you know, it's, it's an exciting, you know, proposition to have more experience, uh, tenacity and kind of that hunger to just destroy attackers like we got with Rudiger. Cause that that's an intangible, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of people were excited about Angola Conte, Mister yep. Worldwide Superstar, that just apparently shows up and just does the damn job because he's still world class. And um, Dan is hoping this is the last time we see him until the knockout stages. Well, no, 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 no. My tweet was that <laughs> oh, we should oh, save here him we go. <laughs> for the Champions League run to just run it back and go after it. Doesn't because that I start just, in the group stages? Well, look, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, he probably needs at least one match to keep him fresh up until now and then, but really just put him back into carbonite, you know, get him defrosted a little bit before the match, get him some opportunity to run out, and then just save him for the Champions League and win it again. That's all we need. We're done. Yeah, as much as I want to make fun of Dan, uh, this is the, I mean, he was nuts today i mean he was all over the place he was doing two midfielders jobs again you know it was very much a conte old performance with the added enthusiasm to play a second striker role in which i haven't really ever seen him do that like he had so much space around the box he obviously scored the goal you could argue that was the harder of like the four or five real shots that he had and he hit it with his left foot brilliantly i mean it was great um he had a few other chances to score too. I mean, he probably could have had a hat trick by halftime, um, if not for uh, if not for you know some misplaced shots there. So uh, it was a tremendous performance. I everyone knows I love this guy, but I I agree. Like it's a one time a week special performance versus a two or three times a week kind of bang average performance or injury riddled performance now, Brandon. And if you're able to get that. You know, even just starting out the Premier League season against Everton, he's able to go and dominate. 
put them on ice for the midweek and then go again and then go again and then go again. Look, isn't that what Connor Gallagher is supposed to provide? Ruben Loftus cheek. Like that's what we need from those players uh, is to, to step into those holes and provide depth when we need it. Uh, obviously if you have COVID Jorginho and, and Conte again, like you've got those two. I mean, Jorginho mm-hmm. definitely looks in a lot better physical condition than last uh, beginning of last season for obvious reasons. So anyways, we'll, we'll just have to kind of see how it shakes out. But again, here we go again. Glimpses of world-class N'Golo, like back at it again. So we just have to see how long he can stay healthy. Um, and I think the last one you guys were really uh, keen on was uh, Money Mace, Mr. Future Captain himself. Yeah, I mean, playing a bit of a different role this time. Uh, you know, he started a lot on the right hand of the three last year. Um, and this match he played on the left. And if you remember the early Frank Lampard days all the way back in 2019, that's where Frank had him start too. Um, he started that season on the left and then as Pulisic and, and co grew into the season, he kind of shifted around a little bit, but um, you know, I, I think he looked good. He obviously got the goal at the end. I know he's going to be pissed off Dan at some of the uh, entry passes into the box. That would have been tap-ins that just weren't, quite there that the sink wasn't quite quite right but he had a few dimes to to sterling and uh to um to havertz as well and i think he just has been our best player in preseason by a country mile well it's the continued evolution of mason mount that we've been able to track year over year and last season he added both goals and assists within a campaign where we were really struggling for him ends up being the most creative player in the team, which unfortunately made a lot of people on Twitter unhappy, but made most Chelsea supporters who actually care very, very happy that he continued his rise. I think this season it's going to be down to also the selection of when to pass versus when to take the shot. I think there were a few times where he went to lay someone else up to give them the opportunity, and that was probably not as high of a propensity chance that he was setting that person up for is if he had created maybe just a little bit more space for himself and took the shot on. And I I think that's going to be the continued evolution this season, particularly when you add someone like Raheem Sterling in, who is going to be someone that he can play off of and be creative with as they work to create space for one another. I also think it was just a little, you know, a little bit due to the the unfortunate element of the the ball getting turned over a little regularly on the left-hand side, you know, in his partnership with Alonzo on the left, Brandon, where that didn't really come off today. And that made it a little bit more challenging to execute on some of the attacks that we were able to get started that that eventually ended up stalling. Yeah. Um, You know, hunger, fitness, sharpness, those are the things attributed with Mason right now. Um, and, and again, like this is he's a player that I think should benefit from the five subs. Tuchel's talked about that the attackers yes. are going to be the players who get an opportunity to get reset out more regularly because it's going to be those individuals who are more likely to change the game. So if you think about two of the players we mentioned just now, Angolo Conte and Mason Mount are prime candidates for getting a 70th minute replacement to keep them fresher throughout the entirety of the season because you have that luxury now. It, it also allows them uh, It also allows them to go harder for a shorter period of time in the game, right? If you, if you think about what I think is our best per, two best performances last year, Juve at home, Real Madrid away in, in the Champions League, the team went balls out in those matches. I mean, to, to the point where 
we let in a shit goal at Real Madrid because I think we were just so far forward. We were pressing so much that, you know, Timo was on fire that game, all that stuff. If you, if you can say to N'Golo Conte, I need 60 good minutes out of you. And then you're guaranteed, like we're going to bring in Connor Gallagher to run at him in the second half or vice versa. Right. Like you could, you could do it the opposite way. Okay. Deal. Like, and, and then I'm going to put you on ice in midweek and then I'm going to, you know, and then we're going to go again at the weekend. Like, that to me is is exactly right for Dan too. Mason shouldn't play as many minutes as he played last year, this year. He just shouldn't. Like he, he there are people around him that should that should pick him up when he's not having a great night. He shouldn't have to play 90 minutes plus every game. Right? We need him to be fresh. We need him to be the best version that he can be, and he's not going to do that if he's consistently being you know one of the top minutes players for Chelsea. Like we just, we all know that at this point. So my hope is that other players come in and pick up his level of effort and enthusiasm and pick up his level of performance. Cause he was our most dangerous attacking player last year by a mile. He sure was. I mean, obviously I think he had a, a tremendous season amongst a, a, a ton of uh, minutes being stretched injuries, playing out of position and, and whatnot. Um, which is important. And, and I think the fact that he's coming back fresh, because remember, like last season, um, you know, Euros and, and minutes, and he just, he went like three seasons coming out of COVID of like playing year round nonstop. So it was good he got a little bit of sunshine in LA and uh, some hanging out at the Dodgers before preseason kicked off because uh, he needed it. He, he really did. Uh, on the flip side, uh, maybe some continued concerns about some people we maybe have more questions about. Um, Dan, you put Callum's role. Uh, where does he play? We maybe got a hint at what he's thinking today, maybe forced into it a little bit uh, since once Jules Koundé did not sign for Chelsea, so maybe less depth on the right side um, than we were hoping for. Yeah, it was just interesting. If you go back to Tuchel had an opportunity to reconfigure the side with some late subs in the match. It wasn't a lot of time left when you look at, you know, 10, 10 to 15 minutes with without a time. And he brings on Callum and he brings on Kennedy kind of within quick succession. And Callum ends up going to right wing back and Kennedy goes into right wing. And that was just, to me, interesting that Maybe you didn't see the inverse of that. You know, we've seen Kennedy come in and play a wingback before, and that would be pretty standard to me. I would have assumed Callum plays a further forward role. This is something we have seen before, where Tuchel does like the wingback on one side to potentially be a part of the overload, right? He ends up being the fourth attacker in that kind of three-person attack. And so that did afford Callum a lot of space. He ended up getting a couple of really good balls in the box, got the one that was the assist that was really, really well timed for Mason. If Harvey was just about a second quicker, I think he would have nabbed the goal, which I would have loved as well. But the fact that we had two people running in the box, running in on it, gave Callum an opportunity to to be successful, particularly with that overload on the right-hand side. And I think the question I have now, Nick, is heading into the season – is this an opportunity for potentially Callum to lock down some type of start if it's not going to be in the attack? Is it as a wingback for the foreseeable future, or at least for the early part of this season? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, you know, I think there isn't a kind of confirmed front three yet. So, like, I don't want us to, like, get too ahead of ourselves. But 
if I were Callum, I would be looking for every opportunity to play. Like I, I want to play every single match, whether it's wing back or left wing or right wing or whatever. Like I will just do whatever I have to do to be a part of this first 11 and become indispensable. Right. Right now he's not right now. He, he, you know, he might play, he might not play, but if, 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 if his attitude is, uh, is going into the season that I'm just going to play, I'm going to do the best job in the position that I can, I can be. And I'm going to be so valuable that, you know, when it comes to the big matches that I'm up for consideration for a favored role, I think that would be a perfect way for him to get into the team. You know, like, of course he's going to have competition from Reese. He's going to have competition from Pulisic and Sterling on, on the left-hand side. Like he's going to have competition from Mason. Like, but if he's in the team and we know what he can do with, uh, with service, Okay, let's go. And and I think it was a good it was a good chance for him today, Brandon, to to get there. Well, I think from the service standpoint, you clearly could tell that Harvey and Mason knew what was coming. And earlier in the match, we saw Reese get to the end line and he put in a very flat cross that I think it was Mason or Kai got a flick on at the near post and at least forced a save. So part of it is if these guys know where the attackers are probably gonna be, they can put it in that space. Wild fucking day today with uh, Callum being like apparently like um, axed from the team and all of a sudden they, like, they want to send him on loan. Just a reminder out there, Twitter is ridiculous. Don't believe everything you read. <laughs> uh, Naz, I think, was was putting out the fire on Trevo going to Turkey. I mean, it, it's wild scenes. So, um, again, clearly Callum played, and maybe at wingback, he can still impact the game. When we saw him in the U.S., he was the wingback. Dude was camped at half line, <laughs> like waiting to go into attack. Um, so he, he still knows what he can do in that space and in those areas to to bring bring that edge uh, and kind of that overbalance that has worked so well with Reese and Chile um, to his game too. Well, I mean, that's the point, though, right? Like, Reese and Shelly have shown, and Alonzo has certainly shown, that's not a defensive job, that wingback job. I mean, it kind of is, but, like, what we really appreciate about those roles and those players is how much they contribute offensively. Mm -hmm. Like, if you think about the the way that Reese James started last season, I mean, goals, assists, and some bangers, some real bangers, too. Like, I'm thinking about the goals at Newcastle. So, like... I, if I were him, I, you know, it may not be that that's what he wants to do. And maybe this is just like, I'm going to just do whatever the coach tells me in preseason. But I think there's an opportunity for him there. And, you know, we also know that Reese had injury problems last year and it's not going to, you know, I wouldn't recommend playing him every minute of every game either. Like, make it yours, man. Yeah. Uh, your other question. Uh, was about finishing and maybe how we do that. I recommend Mortal Kombat style. It's much easier that sure. way. That's a really good <laughs> yeah. point. Yep. Um, you know, they're just kind of standing there. You just got to push them Finish over. Finish him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so 10 shots on target. I don't think it's ridiculous to say that we could have scored 10 goals in this game. I really don't. The offensive flow was so much better in this game than it was in preseason. The team were on fire moving in the final third. Raheem Sterling was making really smart runs in the middle of the box. No one could get him, just couldn't really quite get him the ball. Uh, I know that we've talked with, with CFC Central. I know that we've talked with Tweeds and, and a bunch of other people and that there is 
there, there is a school of thought that Chelsea didn't create enough chances last year. And there's a school of thought that say that Chelsea didn't finish enough chances last year. And some of those numbers would indicate that it's really about chance creation, not about finishing. I'm a hundred percent on the finishing side. I think that Chelsea create enough to score goals. I think we're just shit at it. Um, and if this team improves its, its finishing over the course of this season, it's going to be a really, really hard team to beat because in a, in a three back set, we know what the defense can do when they're all locked in and we got Mendy playing his best football and all that kind of stuff. Dan, I think that this is the weakness of the team. If we want to be a real contender in the Champions League, we have to finish our chances and they just didn't again. Well, I think it's that and also not allowing people to cut through and bypass it and ask the question, what midfield when an attack goes sure. on? I mean, I think there are, are two maybe glaring errors that we've observed throughout the entirety of preseason and uh, th- those would be them. So I do agree that the finishing is a question mark and I think there are a couple of players who are going to be licking their chops for tomorrow's match to see if they can impress Tuchel and give him something to think about as it relates to what his starting 11 or what his first subs are going to be heading into that match. And I think same for the midfield. There's going to be a few people, Billy, who had a very, very short cameo, but you know was able to set up Callum, who then helped convert the goal. And, you know, Harvey, who got minutes, which I think we were concerned that when he did, you know, departed from the first team in the U.S. to go be with the you know development squad, that that might indicate that he had a pathway out this season. Maybe there's an opportunity for him to to be involved as well. So I think there's a couple of questions about what happens with the attack. There's still plenty of ingoing, outgoing activity that might transpire as well that we have to take into consideration, too, Brandon. Well, I tell you what, I'm uh, not really looking forward to uh, having to be the one to put my starting lineup on the team sheet uh, come Everton, even if it is Everton, which shout out to them. They let a supporter take a penalty in their friendly today who'd been shipping supplies cool. to Ukraine. Very, very cool. Really yes. fucking cool. And that dude got like a long talk from Frank. Then he did the knee slide <laughs> to the supporters. And then think about it. He got to celebrate with like the players. So like. Well done to them as we head yes. into trying to crush them and everything that they know is is <laughs> happiness in the Premier League. Um, but credit where it's due. Um, so another thing we have is that there, there's another friendly on Saturday morning. So they actually booked these ahead to be back-to-back, and there's essentially be two different teams. So Tuchel brought 28 players uh, to Italy, which I was laughing with the guys beforehand. I'm like, more than preseason – uh, and that even adds in the two uh, unvaccinated players in Ruben and Conte. So you're at 26, and he's like, yeah, throw a couple more in. But Timo didn't make it because he's injured. So we played around with it. We grabbed the full list of 28. I highlighted in green who I think might be starting tomorrow. Um, there's a little bit of of uh, probably conversation of even though Callum came on in the second half, will he start though tomorrow at wing back to get more more minutes or would like a Ruben Loftus cheek as Adam Newsom's predicting play at right wing back we'll have to see um but either way once they get done with this match Simon Johnson uh tweeted that Tuchel confirmed he's going to give the players two days off after this match on Saturday so Sunday Monday off they're not going to be back into Cobb until Tuesday with the match on Saturday um so yeah shit's getting so tight like down to the absolute wire but Anyways, I am predicting Keppa in goal. 
then I've got Ampadu at sweeper with uh, Trevo on his right. And I'm thinking Paul Mieri on his left because he's kind of played that role. Uh, or Sar. It, it, well, obviously it could be, but I'm thinking he might go with Paul Mieri at left center back. Uh, in, in my wing backs, I went with Callum again because I thought he looked good. So I think Tuka might give him another at least 45 minutes. And then I put Chilwell at left. And in the middle, this was a little tough, but I went Kovacic and Ruben over Connor and Billy. I just feel like he's going to give Mateo some serious minutes and Ruben hasn't featured. So he's going to let Ruben feature to see what he can prove in a half. Um, and then in attack, you've got uh, Pulisic, um, Hakim Ziyech. And I think he's going to let Broya boil, baby. I think he's going to let him go. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm I'm seeing Sar play the left center back role out of that. I think that I would I would put I bet Callum starts up front tomorrow. Isn't that just weird though? And it's like more like kind of shit of like moving him around. Yeah, I yeah, but I think it's like in just be available, right? Just step in. And you'll only see him for a little bit because he played at the end of this game and you don't want to risk it, right? Um, but then I'd probably put Ruben out at, at right wing back and I'd bring either Gilmore or Gallagher into the middle. Um, I think that that probably makes the most sense. Yeah, I agree on Trevo. I agree on uh, Ampadu. I really, 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 really want to see Harvey Vale play tomorrow at some point. Like, I, I want to see him play more than the 10 or 15 minutes he got today. Like... Whether it's at wing back on the left or it's in the more an advanced role on the left, maybe he's the sub for Pulisic or something like that. That could be a smart play. Um, you know, I, I don't think we need to see a whole lot more of Kennedy. I don't think we need to see Marcus Bentinelli. Um, you know, I would be intrigued about the Gilmore thing because there's been reports that he's not not long for for Chelsea. So you kind of wonder how much he's going to play, Dan. But that's that's kind of where I'm at. I think sh- I shift Brandon's lineup just a smidge. Oh damn it! This is going to be the take Billy on the bus, leave him in Everton tr- kind of trip, isn't it? Yeah, oh no! Please be. no. Could uh, be. I, look, I I do think you know. No surprise, Kepa starts. I think you rightfully Chalaba Ampadu and uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Sar uh, just because I don't see him leaving at this point, which is shocking to me going back to our keeps alone type of series. Um, I do think Loftus-Cheek makes an appearance in that right wingback role. I think it is Kovacic, hopefully with Billy, but I could also see him put, putting in Gallagher. And then you, you have to think that Chilwell's going to get some minutes here to assess if he's really ready to play against Everton. And then you look at Broya getting his first minutes of preseason here now that he's injury-free. And then Pulisic along with... I'm, guessing Ziyech even though Vale would be the one that I would like to see a little bit more of personally but you know I mean you don't have a deal with AC Milan yet to get you know, Ziyech off of the books this year you have to plan for him to be here at the present moment in time well I think there's a, a lot of options a lot of mix and matching part of it is it's crunch time. We would like to see Tuchel give serious minutes to serious players. He obviously made the comments he made in Orlando about players maybe thinking about leaving Yet um, one who's been heavily linked is Alonzo, and he's playing quite a bit. I think you could expect him to stay, but we're back to having four left back, left wing back, left center back players. So a hell of a lot of imbalances that we still need to figure out. Same thing with Ziyech, is his head turned or not? Uh, So I think it'll be really 
uh, telling tomorrow once we get to see the two teams from Tuchel and, and really who gets the bulk of the minutes. Um, if someone plays 20, 30 minutes, probably not a big deal. If they play 60, 70, 80, 90 minutes, consider that a, a, a strong sign of you know what Tuchel thinks he wants to do with them. So, um, Is this on TV tomorrow? A little birdie told us it might be, but I don't think it's been announced yet. By the time you listen to this, You'll this know. match has probably yeah. already happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll know by then. Um, so, enough. yeah, look, set your alarms. Get ready. It's another Saturday morning kickoff. It's a good good uh, preseason wake-up call for everyone to get back in the habit. It's been a couple months. so It, it, is, a, it is a sneaky shout that Broya could win himself a starting role over the next few weeks here in this team. That There is, there is not more than two people locked in that attack right now in my mind. Okay. I, I mean, so yeah. 45 minutes Kai, to start the next three games. Stan's calling it. Kai, Kai was better today, but still, I mean, it just looks listless. And I, and I don't, I don't know why. I, I think it's just very, it's, it's odd more than any, like, I'm not like overly concerned, I guess, but it's, it is very strange to me. And it, and it, I don't know, Dan, just not good vibes there right Kai, now. Kai likely, because he has more minutes over the preseason, is still going to be a start starting attacker, I imagine, versus Everton. But Broya, now with West Ham being out of the race for him, has to back himself, I think, if he believes he's a striker he is, that there is a role for him in this team sure. if he can take advantage of the opportunities. And that would be scoring against the other 11 from Udinese tomorrow. Yep. Bangers, baby. And he likely, Let's see it, bro. Yeah, bangers, He likely baby. has already done that, proving me right. So hopefully that's the case. All right, we'll see. Um, anyways, that's going to wrap us up. Uh, we, you know, we need to get a, a traditional match review under the belt ourselves, uh, make sure that we're ready to go for the kickoff of the Premier League season. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we hope it goes well tomorrow. Uh, really going to be interested to see what all shakes out. But uh, that's going to do it from us. So... We hope you enjoyed having us back in our home studios, back in our own cities, sleeping in our own beds again. Uh, might be a little bit of a different vibe to this one, but uh, there's still a lot of excitement just to see what happens. We're not really sure if it's going to go great or not, but we're excited to find out. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>